Ohio passes some common sense school protection reforms. Maybe other states can learn from that. Democrats have no idea how to fix the economy or anything else, so fear-mongering becomes their new platform. And, of course, everything is racist. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I hope everyone had a great night, great day yesterday. So let's get into it. First off, let's talk about some news, because there is some big news out there. Uh, Republican Myra Flores becomes the representative for the 34th Congressional District, flipping that seat from Democrat to Republican. She defeated a guy named Dan Flores, and she beat him by something like um, 10, 12 points. Uh, She's the first woman born in Mexico to be a representative in the House. That's kind of awesome. Uh, and she, it is a huge win for this reason. It is the first Republican to hold that district in 150 years. The community is about 80% Hispanic. So that is not good news for the Democrats. If 80% of the Hispanics decided to, uh, if a bunch of Hispanics decided to take a Republican. Um, Biden's approval with Hispanics, by the way, down to about 30%. Elon Musk also votes in that district, and he voted for Flores. He was very clear about it. And he also uh, is clear about who he'd vote for um, for president. And I think we can pretty much write off Donald Trump if that's the case, because Elon Musk said he'd vote for Rick DeSantis, which I think is a great idea. Or Ron DeSantis, excuse me. I think that would be a great idea. So this is not good news. Now, granted, we don't want to overread this uh, turning of the seat because it, it there were only like 30,000 voters. It wasn't a huge turnout, but I think it's it's a view of things to come. Okay, Joe Biden has changed his mind now with Saudi Arabia. So remember last year, because of uh, Saudi Arabia's human rights problems and the death of uh, Koskagi, the um, Washington Post, part-time Washington Post columnist, uh, he called them a pariah state. Remember that? And then, oh, Saudi Arabia was so mad at him, they the people wouldn't even, those the government wouldn't even return his calls or answer his calls. Well, he's going to Saudi Arabia next month because uh, he's going to ask them to pump more oil so that the uh, gas prices could go down in the United States. And he's decided, you know what, Saudi Arabia is not so bad. He made that comment. Yeah, they're not. They're not so bad. Yeah, they've got issues, but so does the United States. I, I, I'm. I love when politicians do this. They change their mind and then they just start comparing us to other governments. And it's, no, our government is nothing like Saudi Arabia. We're a lot better than Saudi Arabia. But the idea with the Democrats, we're bad. So we'll just sit there and, yeah, we don't like Saudi Arabia, but we can't call them pariahs because we need something from them now. Uh, Chances are this is not going to do anything. Saudi Arabia and OPEC has already said they're going to increase oil production a little bit, but not enough that it's actually going to fix the oil crisis just a little bit. 
So they're probably going to tell Joe Biden to screw off. Uh, this is something that's really bizarre. The Department of Homeland Security is preparing to discipline multiple horseback border patrol agents involved in that infamous whipping picture that occurred last year where uh, the government started saying that the border patrol on horseback was were whipping the Haitian migrants at the U.S.-Mexico border. I think this happened back in September. Um of course, the whole case was debunked. The Border Patrol agents were actually exonerated. Even the photographer who took the picture said that the Border Patrol wasn't actually whipping anybody and that if he had known this was going to blow up into this kind of mess, he would have never released the picture. He told that to the DHS. But that doesn't matter. Um, they're going to... Uh, they're actually going to discipline them anyway. Now, none of this is going to be a legal disciplinary. They say it's going to be administrative. I'm not exactly sure what DHS is going to discipline them for. I mean, they're riding horseback and they're supposed to be riding horseback and you control the horse with reins. You typically don't whip anybody with the reins, but um, they're going to do it. And it, there are two things you can take from this story. Um, the demonization of Border Patrol will continue. They are going to continue to demonize Border Patrol. They're going to continue to leave the border. Actually, three things. They're going to continue to leave the border wide open. They want more Hispanics coming into the United States. Of course, now we see that even Hispanics, they're going to lose simply because Hispanics don't want illegal immigration as much as apparently the Biden administration does. But the third thing is that this administration can't just admit they're wrong. They can't just apologize. We see that with what Joe Biden said yesterday when he was speaking in front of the uh, uh, the union, the um, AFL, AFL, CIO or CLO or whatever union that is, where he blamed the inflation and gas prices on Putin, the oil companies, and Trump. Trump's been out of office a year and Trump's gas prices were at less than, more than half of what they are now. But he blamed, they blame everybody else, they, everybody else. And they can't admit they made a mistake here and just apologize to the Border Patrol. Because that's what they should do, is just apologize. I'm sorry we did that. But they can't do that. They can't do it. it. It really is sad. And then finally, the House passed a bill on Tuesday to increase security for the Supreme Court justices and their immediate families. Essentially what this does is uh, it allows for 24-7 security for the justices and their families. The bill passed 396 to 27. The 27 Democrats, all the leftists, the squad and members just outside the squad that are, are just extreme leftists. In a statement now, people were just like, what? Somebody tried to kill Justice Brett Kavanaugh two weeks last week, and they didn't support this bill? Well, they released a statement basically saying that the reason they didn't pass the bill, want the bill passed, was because of the bill should be expanded to federal judges. Now, no one has a problem with that. 
federal judges, yes, they get threatened all the time. There have been the, there's been a couple of murders already of federal judges or of the families of federal judges. I have no problem with that either. But somebody tried to kill a Supreme Court justice. But leave it to AOC. She she let the cat out of the bag. This is what she said. Quote, I wake up this morning and I start to hear murmurs that there's going to be an attempt to pass the Supreme Court Supplemental Protection Bill the day after gun safety legislation for schools and kids and people is stalled. Oh, so we can pass protections for us and here easily, right? But we can't pass protections for everyday people? I think not. Yeah. Hey, here's a newsflash. I said this. They want to change the makeup of the Supreme Court. And if it means that a Supreme Court justice has to get killed or two have to get killed, they have no problem with that. That's the Democrats' playbook. It's a very, how shall I say, it's a very cynical way to look at it. But can anyone really tell me that these people don't want these justices threatened? And maybe even killed? Uh, it, this seems like it's a kind of a slam dunk that they actually approve that bill. And then you can add the federal judges later. And gun control has nothing to do with this because gun control wouldn't have prevented that guy. None of those gun control bills would have prevented Kavanaugh's uh, would-be assassin. None of them. Okay. Now, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine today signed a bill, House Bill 99, that provides an update and ongoing school safety initiatives. What, is it, what does it do? This is, this is a fantastic bill. This is a fantastic bill, and this is what every governor should do. I'm, I'm shocked DeSantis didn't do this first, though I think he did something like it, but a little, little weaker. <coughs> DeWine said, Our goal is to continue to help the public and private schools. That's cool, too. It's not just public schools here. Our public and private schools to get the tools they need to protect our children. Working together, we have come a long way to improve school safety in in Ohio over the last decade. And we must continue this progress. We have an obligation to do everything we can every single day to protect our kids. Okay, so breaking911.com actually released a bunch of the uh, a bunch of the things that this bill is going to do. So I'm going to read pretty much what they have. There it, it goes over five different steps. Okay, first one. Allows the previous practice of permitting school boards to choose to arm specific staff members and mandates reasonable training requirements for these individuals. It is important to emphasize that the bill does not mandate the arming of school staff members, but leaves the decision entirely to local school boards, which have the best understanding of the needs of their individual districts. That's fantastic. This is the way government should work. Government should say, okay, we need to do things, but let's let the districts themselves handle it because they're closer to the schools. They know what the schools need. And they know the situations those schools are in. That's great. The other thing I like about this is um, allows the boards to mandate reasonable training requirements. Basically, what they're saying to do here is you can arm teachers. All right. 
Now, the problem with arming teachers is that it before required like 700 hours of gun training. Essentially, it was, you had to be a 20-year veteran on a police force in order to be armed in Ohio at the time. They changed that. Now they're looking at something like, uh, I, I heard five hours of gun training and 20 hours of uh, emergency crisis training. That's what they would need now. Which, by the way, I think it's absolutely great. And it's not going to force teachers to be armed, but this is something teachers need to do. Teachers are the ones on the front lines. Teachers are the ones that are going to be attacked. And teachers should be able to defend their children if they want to. Second thing, it appropriates $6 million over the remainder of the current budget cycle to expand the Ohio School Safety Center, OSSC, and create a new OSSC Safety and Crisis Division. I, okay, I, I, I'm not a big fan of this because it just adds more bureaucracy, but maybe it'll help in the planning, something like that. Uh, Governor DeWine has also instructed the OSSC expand its number of school safety liaison positions from 5 to 16. I love that. As a matter of fact, I still don't think that's enough. Essentially, we're going to have they're going to have more people defending the schools. I don't understand why someone and this has been not brought up by me. This has been brought up by a lot of people and it seems like common sense. We have a lot of veterans out there that I'm sure you could pay probably minimum wage and they would love to go into the school and they're already trained. Why can't they just hire a few of those, maybe put them under law enforcement or put them under this OSSC and let them defend the schools? Okay, um, let's see. This is a good one too. Governor DeWine has also worked with the Ohio General Assembly to secure $100 million in funding to help K-12 public, private, and parochial schools to pay for physical safety and security upgrades. Now, I would like to see what security upgrades they're looking at, but how about this? Not a four-foot chain-link fence, but a wall. How about this? Locked doors that automatically close and lock. How about this? Metal detectors. How about things like that so that people can't just walk into a school and then you can sit there and actually hire a couple veterans to stand there and be, uh, be resource officers. I think that's a great idea. I'd like to see what they're going to, what they're talking about with physical safety and security upgrades. So I'd like to see what they're going to do. And finally, Governor DeWine has also directed OSSC and Ohio Department of Education to offer free evidence-based threat assessment training for Ohio schools. Um, combine that with the previous $100 million in funding to secure schools, I think that could be very helpful. Get people used to a threat assessment, get people used to um, uh, dealing with problems like that. I, I think this is great. And then he threw, there are some other things. This is only one bill. They have a couple of others. Uh, improve things like mental health care, reducing violent cri crime, things like that. But this is going to take care of, this is going to help secure schools. 
This is the big thing that we actually need to do to secure schools. And by DeWine allowing the districts to come up with uh, the security methods and how to arm the, the teachers and how to implement security procedures in the schools is the best way to do it because then it allows the parents to actually have a say. Because the, who's going to come up with this? A bunch of school boards. So now you can actually have the parents say, "Listen, I, I think we need, we, I think we need armed security. I think we need metal detectors." They can actually have a say in the safety of their children. I think that is a wonderful thing to do. I think um, it's something that is it is a blueprint for the rest of the states. I just hope that you know, like everything else in politics, sometimes this stuff can get kind of. Um, this stuff can get kind of lost in in the bureaucracy. And I'm hoping that that doesn't actually happen here. Well, Democrats are, are going to the same old well they usually go to when they're about to get their asses kicked. And I, it, <laughs> I mean, they've done absolutely everything they could to kind of explain away the mess that they've created over the last year. Um, here is Representative Jamal Bowman talking about what will happen if Republicans take over the House and Senate in November. Uh, just, a, just a hint, he's a far leftist, and yes, he's a tad unhinged. Listen. Should the GOP retake Congress in the fall, what happens to the January 6th committee investigation and its findings, and what might the GOP do or not do with their newly claimed power? So the January 6th uh, commission would cease to exist... Uh, the findings will be completely suppressed and will not be admitted into any further uh, investigations while the GOP uh, will be in power. Uh, they would, um, they would um, impeach President Biden um, as quickly as possible, and they will continue to, continue to find ways uh, to impeach him going forward. It would also embolden uh, Republicans and the far right and white nationalists across the country to begin to believe that it is their time to not just take power in the House, but the Senate, the White House, and state houses across the country. And we got to understand that this is a group that has been radicalized by the great replacement myth and many other things and have been pushing for violence and pushing for even civil war. So that is what's at stake right now in terms of this election. Okay. <laughs> wow. Um, don't, don't, don't use hyperbole or go to extremes or anything. Okay, a few things about this whole thing. Um, the January 6th committee is really worthless. It's a propaganda show. It is one-sided. And if voters vote Democrats out, it's not something that's taken seriously. If voters vote Democrats out, they're sure as heck not worried about whether the January 6th committee is broken up. There have been no findings for the January 6th committee that everyone didn't know that everyone didn't already know about. There is nothing bizarre. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, they have left out a ton of things that people are still questioning. So it is most obviously a a, a just it's just a propaganda piece. It's just vote for 
vote for Democrats because, and, and this is his theme, vote for Democrats because Republicans are bad. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. But that's all the January 6th is, is Republicans bad. And don't tell me, well, it's a bipartisan commission. It's not a bipartisan commission. The two Republicans on the commission are anti-Trump, anti-Republican Republicans. They are, they are, they are Democrats for the most part, and neither of them are going to be in office next year. So I don't want to hear any of that. President Biden. Now, the impeachment of President Biden, I think he's absolutely correct here. I think they're going to go after President Biden. And I don't see why they don't. They're definitely going to do. Uh, they're definitely going to do investigations when Republicans take the House. And by the way, there's no question Republicans are taking the House. The question is, are they going to be able to take the Senate? And there's a very good chance they're going to take the Senate too. Uh, but Biden should be investigated and probably impeached. Look at the mess in Afghanistan. He basically lied to the American people. Everyone said that they were all in agreement. No, Biden did that on his own. 13 soldiers died. He ended up killing a family of Afghanis. I, it, it, the Taliban took over. They're, they're, don't tell me there's no high crimes or misdemeanors in that whole thing. He left $650 million in gear for the Taliban. That could be simply aiding and abetting, aiding the enemy. His cognitive problems. I don't know if you can actually impeach someone for cognitive issues, but I really think that's got to be looked at. That should be something that the uh, that his cabinet does, but they're not going to because Kamala Harris is terrible. They have nobody else but Joe Biden. I mean, even Bernie Sanders has said that Joe Biden, if he runs again, he'll never, he won't run. They won't go for him because they have nothing left. And then you've got Hunter Biden's laptop. More information is coming out about that laptop and about how his father not only is gaining money, but he's also, um, he also, Hunter Biden is loved so much by his father that his father would actually change policy at Hunter Biden's request. I don't know what this Hunter Biden does without a laptop. I don't understand how he records absolutely everything. We'll talk about that one later because I actually haven't seen, I haven't listened to any of this stuff yet. Uh, And this stuff is coming, apparently there was a 30 gig, uh, 30 gigabyte encrypted file that they just cracked and now they're going through that stuff and there's more. I don't understand how Congress is not investigating this now. He's obviously compromised. And then you've got to question his finances. Do an investigation on his finances. How did this guy, a, a guy who has been in the Senate for since he was 29 years old, how it, did, did this guy make all the millions of dollars? Now, we know half of it was Hunter walking into China, walking into um, um, Ukraine, and making deals and bringing home a lot of cash. I mean, that's on the laptop too. But shouldn't we be investigating that? This man is compromised. He's compromised by China. He's compromised by Ukraine. As a matter of fact, a lot of people think, and this could be considered a conspiracy, but a lot of people already think the reason that Biden is sending stuff to Ukraine is because Zelensky's got something on him. I mean, we have sent 
what, almost $175 billion to Ukraine? If Dick, and here's the whole thing. If Democrats are worried that the right, that conservatives are embracing the great replacement theory, which, by the way, I didn't even know was a racist thing because I don't really follow white supremacy or anything like that, then maybe they should stop saying that white people need to be replaced. There are tons of audio of the media, of politicians saying that white people, the population of white people has gone down and they're thrilled about it. So here's the thing. Maybe the great replacement theory isn't exactly a white supremacist trope anymore. Maybe it's kind of happening because they keep saying they want it to happen. And by the way, I, I still it, it trips me out. They keep saying that because the reality is, um, conservatives are against abortion, and, and abortion affects the black community more than it affects anything else. And we want to get rid of it so that we can have more black babies. I I don't think killing of black babies is a thing. But now I'm going off into a another tangent. So forget about that. And then <laughs> Republicans are extreme and radicalized. Really? Let's see. Let's see if Democrats are radically extreme or radicalized. They can't define what a woman is. Men can get pregnant. They want to tax the living crap out of us during an inflationary period that is the highest it's been in 40 years. They want to spend more money Democrats have wanted to change the government. They want to get rid of oil. They want CRT and sexual indoctrination in schools. They love illegal immigration. They want to overturn the First and Second Amendments. They want, for Christ's sake, they wanted to create a uh, disinformation board. They want to pack the courts. They want to end the filibuster. They are threatening the Supreme Court with violence. They supported eight months of riots in 2020. They don't want any prison time for criminals. And they're calling conservatives the extreme ones. Yeah, no, I'm not buying that. And as far as the Civil War thing goes, I think we're already in a cultural Civil War. I think it's already happening. And what's worse, even though the left controls most of the institutions. <laughs> the left is losing. Why? Because their cultural ideas are stupid. I just gave you a bunch of them. They're dumb. A movie right now, What is a Woman? If you haven't seen it, go see it. If you haven't, uh, if you can't, you don't want to actually go in and, um, if you don't want to go in and buy a subscription at the Daily Wire. Matt Walsh released a book called What is a Woman? And believe it or not, I'm halfway through the book and it's far better than the movie. And the movie is great. The movie is hysterical. But the book is far better than the movie. So that's something to read. But but something as simple as What is a Woman? They can't answer that. And that just shows how lost these people are. And right now, conservatives, parents... Right at school boards, 
They're fighting against this. They're saying, no, we don't want this anymore. Especially now that you're, uh, you're, you're beginning to indoctrinate the kids. And I do want to point this out. Um, f- the fear-mongering, the demonization of their opponents is what the Democrats are constantly doing. This shows us three things. One, it is an admission that they have no solutions. Because if they did, all they'd have to do is say, oh, well, you know, we can do this or we could do that. But they don't have any solutions. They don't have any explanations. Uh, We have to vote for Democrats because Republicans are bad. That's it. That's their platform. Every platform they've had, they 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 whacked abortion. They have they're going on gun control right now. That's not working. The January sixth committee. Do you see what's what they're doing here? They aren't actually addressing the. They're not addressing the problems like inflation and the gas prices and things like that. As a matter of fact, today. Biden is meeting with a bunch of advisors and a bunch of other Democratic uh, politicians to talk about the communications problem they're having with the economy. Um, Here's something wild and crazy. Why don't you guys get together and talk about the actual problems with the economy, not the communications problems? But this is all they have. It's fear-mongering. Fear-monger, hey, if you don't vote Democrat, Republicans will, I don't know, radicalize and hang lynch black people again? That's what they seem to be saying. Of course, that's coming from a congressman earning $172,000 a year that was voted in. He's saying, oh yeah, we're just going to take that congressman and, and hang him? The fear-mongering is their platform. It's a crappy, crappy platform. Okay, last story. Well, everything is racist. You know, everything is racist. According to the Daily Mail, monkeypox will be renamed following calls for a new, non-discriminatory and non-stigmatizing term. It emerged today. The World Health Organization promised a new name for the rash-causing virus endemic to Africa would be announced as soon as possible. As well as renaming the actual pathogen itself, strains will likely be lettered, such as A or B, to remove any mention of the parts of Africa where it was first spotted. Jesus. God, really. Over 30 researchers signed this uh, letter last week. And they basically stated there is an urgent need to change the name that it was given. They wrote in this letter, quote, continued reference to and nomenclature of this virus being African is not only inaccurate, but it is also discriminatory and stigmatizing. Okay, you're going to have to explain to me why it's inaccurate. They point out that I, I'm I'm guessing here because the article never really said why, and I don't know where they came up with that. But um, being virus was African. It was found in the Congo. It was specific to the Congo. Yes, different varieties got out of the Congo because of the travel that we have in the world today. 
But for the most part, it is in Africa. It was discovered in Africa. And it's not called monkeypox because of black people. It's called monkeypox because it was first discovered in a lab with monkeys that caught the disease. That's why it's called monkeypox. More than likely, this virus came from rats, fleas, possibly mosquitoes. But they don't really know where it came from. So Dr. Tedros ad, uh, Dr. Tedros, oh God, here it comes. Geb Ray Sus, why can't I don't know what his name is? Uh, said that, uh, who heads the World Health Organization? The WHO is working with partners and experts from around the world on changing the name of monkeypox virus, its clades, and the disease it causes. We will make announcements about the new names as soon as possible. You know what I would rather them have done? And by the way, they're going to have problems with this monkeypox because apparently it has become now more of a sexually transmitted disease and the disease it transmits from are, are gay men. So yeah, they're going to, gay or bisexual men. So they're going to have problems with discrimination and all this crap later. Um, but it's good to see that instead of like learning about the virus and trying to find a way to cure the virus, that they're handling the racism of the virus. God, these people are stupid. I mean, this is why nothing is getting done. This is the problem with bureaucracy. And I got news for you with that, that, uh, with that great reset or the fourth industrial revolution that they want to implement this is just creating more bureaucracy that's what they want more bureaucracy okay well that's it we're done so um do me a favor take a look at my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com i did release a new video about the insanity that happened this weekend during the pride parades you can go take a look at that just go to rumble Type in Dumbasses Talking Politics and watch the video. I also have three more videos uh, that are made already that I haven't uploaded yet because it takes so long to upload. And one that I'm probably going to get through today. So I'll have four new videos to to uh, tout. And uh, that's it. Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.